Radio check. Loud and clear. KSL Sports and KSL Podcast present Mode Push, an American view of F1, starting now. One stop. He's with you, Cut. With his Honestly. I've guessed it. I've absolutely guessed it. I enjoyed this so much. Thank you. Thank you. Happy 2024, all you F1 fans out there, all you motorheads, petrol heads, all of the things that we call you who are uh, autophiles. Although that's a different meaning, isn't it? <laughs> Dan Jimenez, Alex Curie, we're back for another season here. This is the, can you believe this is our, is this our third season doing this then? We're back, baby. Yeah, so this is oh, third season. Third season. Season three of, I mean, it's not Drive to Survive. But my goodness, it feels almost as dramatic. What's crazy is this time of year, usually when we're in February of, you know, a month or less than a month before we start seeing actual races start to happen, we're already like just tripping over ourselves, Dan, to like have some nugget of something that is from like the Drive to Survive like trailer. Oh, man, do you see how they're painting Valtteri Bottas on this one or, you know, whatever. We don't need any of that. Like we don't even have time for that. We don't have time. Even, we don't have time for the fake headlines. All we have time for is the new headline stuff. First of all, happy new F one year to you, Dan. Thanks for being back for season three, man. Of course, yeah. Same to you. Like this is every day. I felt like we got to record an episode. And I know something else comes out. I and know. Like, oh, if we'd recorded, we would have missed that. I know. We so had maybe to- there's a lull right now, but. Man, it's it's like the craziest off season. When we the Lewis news came out, I was like, "That's the biggest news ever." Of and course, then like Christian Horner said, "Hold my Red Bull." <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what's crazy is too. We've put way far on the back burner the Andretti Cadillac bid being just absolutely shot down oh, and our hearts gosh. being ripped out. Can we start there and just oh. about the idea because we have tons of stuff to to get to today on the program, including the Christian Horner wild allegations of what's going on at Red Bull and the possibility of him maybe being out by this time next week, Dan, we might be figuring out who the next boss for Red Bull is going to be in a weird surprise twist after that guy could basically have his job for as long as he would have wanted it. But the allegations of inappropriate relationships at Red Bull uh, regarding the team boss is obviously made uh, everything there for that Red Bull team. Very, uh, very weird. We'll get to that. Lewis Hamilton, uh, He's racing for Mercedes this year. And inexplicably, I don't know why we need to have it roll out the way that they did, but they just straight up were like, hey, it's going to be a great last ride for Carlos Sainz in his last year in the in the Ferrari seat. <laughs> and Lewis Hamilton, man, we're going to wish him the best of luck after he races for Mercedes this year. So all of those things we have to get to. But first, let's start off with an American team bid. We, You and I were so excited about the possibility of Cadillac and Andretti. What was the beginning of the end of this, and what really was the catalyst to make it to where it didn't happen to get another F1 team from America on the grid? Yeah, I think the thing to remember with this is that this they denied their application for the 2025 season, which was the first application that Andretti put in for. But, like, it's taken so long. It's been, like, a year to get around to this point from when they put that application in. Sure. That, like, Andretti was already, like, thinking about 2026. Like, it's like, okay – you know, like this is taking forever. And like, there's a big rules change, like regulations change coming in 2026. And so like, 
when you read the decision or the letter from Formula One management, like the part that makes sense to me is like, okay, if you're going to get a new team from scratch, why have them come in in the, the last year of a set of regulations and then ex expect them to be competitive and then expect them to be competitive the next year when a whole bunch of stuff changes? I get that. Um, but like, I think that, uh, I mean, if I'm Andretti, it's probably like, okay, as long as we're still on the ballot, I guess for 2026, well, let's just work towards that. But I think the like the gut punch and the knife twist in the letter was like, we just don't think that this uh, outfit is capable of being competitive. Mm. And you look back at like all the other like new teams we've had over the last like couple decades, and like right. none of them were particularly impressive. Well, and you or feel had like the backing listen, that Andretti has. By the way, Haas is on the grid, so you can't be like, oh, right. you know, Williams from you know the. I mean, of course they're coming back a little bit, but I mean. Williams scored no points for what, like three seasons straight? I mean, you can't just be – the, the gut punch for me was the idea of, hey, by the way, also, we bring value to you and to Cadillac and to Andretti. You don't really bring value to us. Like, that was the other thing where you're like, oh, this American car – this American luxury car brand is kind of garbage compared to what we're doing here at F1. And so it felt like – you telling me the door might still be open a little bit is fine, but it did feel like – I mean, I don't know – it. We talked about this along the way. It feels like a lot of teams are not interested in this for some reason. And while everything else American has just come up green, right? Everything has just been amazing. Like anything, any anything that anything that's America has been green lighted, right? It seems like an F one. But this one was weirdly. I mean, there must just be a few red flags in there uh, for them to be able to say, you know what? A I don't know, but it's insane to me to think. I, I get maybe they have a little bit of a of a problem with the Andretti name because I don't think it's. You know, I, I don't think they look at it and they go, oh, Mario Andretti's team. I think they look at it and they go, look, the management of, you know, your sons and, and whoever the board is going to end up being, this is less of a Cadillac team and more of an Andretti team. I think that a GM mm -hmm. Cadillac team, obviously, if that's the thing that is floated out there, why would you imagine that they couldn't have the one, the resources and the ability to be able to go up against some of these other big uh, European manufacturers? I, I, by the way, you know, at the same time, you have Sauber, Steak, uh, almost to become Audi, kind of floundering <laughs> over the next couple of years just to, like, push through to make sure that they're there, that there's a car, uh, you know, at the building when Audi shows up. So, I don't know, like, all the excuses, but, uh, you know, in the end, I was kind of bummed, yeah. but I don't know. So, it's not totally a done deal that we'll never see an Andretti Cadillac team in. No, no, no. Yeah, it's 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 still on the table. I you know, I don't buy the argument that they're not letting them in because they don't think they'd be competitive. Uh, I, I think that F1 is holding out for Andretti to get General Motors to come in as an engine manufacturer. I think that if there's like any weakness inside of like Formula One as a sport, it's engine manu or engine providers. Right. And, uh, you got like three. You there's got only like, like, there's like <laughs> three, right? You know, and it's so expensive to spin up one of those programs, but it's like the beating heart of Formula One is engine providers. And so I think what they're saying is we need General Motors to come in and make their own engine rather than Andretti coming in and like just kind of sucking off of the resources from someone else to get an engine going. Um, so I think that that's maybe what Formula One's holding out for. And I think that it's inevitable that like General Motors they want to be a big part in the sport they should interesting do they should build their own engines and not just like ford which is ford's just taking over like the honda red bull uh engine program and like putting their sticker on it so i definitely think it's still in the cards uh, i love the like rumor it's maybe more than a rumor it's been like corroborated that like they uh sent an email to 
uh, Michael Andretti back in December and it went to his spam folder and he never saw it. And they're like, well, he didn't show up for the meeting. We asked him, we invited him to. It's like, so, it's like so stupid. It's like, can you throw me a text at least? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, we have this very important meeting. He didn't respond back to my Gmail request. It's like, come on. You've got to be kidding me, Europe. we yeah. got to do this better. Well, uh, that's good news, I guess, in, in the long run to be able to possibly get. Is Audi going to make their own engines then? Is that part of the deal as well? Or, yeah. Are they going to be the ones that make yep. their own? Okay. Yep. And that's it. And they're not officially so, coming in until yeah. 28, right? That's kind of how long we're talking about for how long it takes to really get a, an engine going, right? Or when do they come in? 26 or 28? I can't remember. 20, 20, 2026. Okay. Um, yeah, when the new regs. But they're starting uh, like, hey, that's when our engine's going to get rolled out. That's when the team gets rolled out. So mm-hmm. I get that. That makes sense. Yeah, jumping in at 25. That's a that's a quick turnaround, especially when uh, your people are sending emails that uh, don't get answered by anybody. All right, so there's that news. There's our American version of of all of this, and uh, let's jump in now to the Lewis Hamilton news because that was kind of the next thing, right? Where we're 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 sitting around, we're going, man, Andretti Cadillac, I can't believe it. And then I don't even know how the news kind of like really ramped up because in the end I was going. Well, this, I guess not my dumb American sports brain goes, well, this isn't how things are done in sports. You don't go, hey, I'm going to leave this team. Now, I know this season hasn't started yet, but I'm going to race my heart out for him this year. But next year, I'm going to be uh, with Ferrari. One, how does this fit? Two, Lewis Hamilton going to Ferrari. I guess that's where he's going to sunset himself in his career. Is there really a world, a world driver championship number eight for him in the cards there at Ferrari? I think that that, that also kind of indicates where the production and where kind of the development for this year's car for Ferrari has been, right? Yeah, it's this was like the I, I woke up to a, a message from a friend and I looked at it and I was like, "This is fake news." Like, this, of course, I, I don't know if I trust this because link. this is not how it so works. Then I started right. going through Twitter. Yeah, and I see Crofty post it. I'm like, well, if Crofty's posting it, but I'm still not seeing a link to a reputable. And then, you know, a few tweets later, like, hey, this this is real. This is happening. And it feels so much out of left field because, you know, you felt like you, whatever the deal was that he had signed with Mercedes last year felt like that was going to be his last stint. Right. And you're like, wait, no, he's got more in him. And, you know, it, come to find out that Lewis was asking for more from mercedes and they didn't give it to him like he wanted a two-year contract and they're like no nah, let's do a one year we want to keep our options open why and so if i'm lewis and i'm like wait like really this is this is weird okay i'm going somewhere else and then when you like hear what his deal is going to be it's it's just like incredible how much money he's going to be making it, I, it's one of those deals that i think is going to reset the standard like what market uh. is for really good drivers in f1 uh, and uh, I think it's somewhere on the order of like $80 million a season, wow. which like Max made like 55 last year. Um, it's you're like, okay, well, he's going to go make a ton of money. Well, that's great. But also like, a, you know, it, what puts him in the best, you know, seat to win another championship, like a Red Bull car, but I just don't think he wants to go be number two to Max. So, no, for sure. you know, in the trend that Mercedes has been on, you might as well like try take a flyer with Ferrari and make a bunch of money and see what happens, you know? Like we've seen other drivers kind of sunset their careers at Ferrari, like, um, you know, Alonzo at one point, but now he's back. And then, right. you know, Vettel and Schumacher and all those guys came over as prior champions. And so it's not totally unprecedented, but I think everyone just thought like Lewis is going to retire a Mercedes guy and it, it didn't happen. That's it's interesting that it, that it played out like that. And I would assume that that's why they said, well, I'm going to Ferrari then because it then kind of negotiations go, 
Like, you've been a huge part of all this. Obviously, winning a ton of world championships for us, us winning constructors' titles while you've been here. I mean, the best the best years of Mercedes racing has been, obviously, with Lewis as that number one driver. But there's also this feeling like that George Russell, like that they're kind of making this commitment to him, right? Which is a weird thing for me. Like, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but Toto Wolf has some sort of a – he has a bit of an obsession with uh, with making sure that he makes sure that George Russell feels comfortable at this team. I know that George Russell's talented, but I don't think anybody looks at him as being a top two or three driver on the grid. I, we might yeah. look at him like the top five or six, maybe, but even then, like he's not. I don't know. Lewis made your entire freaking team, and so giving him what he wanted at the very end of his career, you just do it because that's mm-hmm. a huge deal for you guys. He's the big, like, obviously he's the biggest follow when it comes to actual numbers across the, across the grid, people who are followed by more people, obviously you have a massive contingency for whoever the good, whoever the best driver is on the grid, Max Verstappen, but he's kind of an unwilling champion. Like he's not really, he doesn't really, he's not lovable. You know what I mean? Like people don't, but Lewis <laughs> has this kind of like wave to the crowd and go, you guys mean so much to me. And all of his tweets about the energy over the last 24 hours I've felt. And you're like, oh, my gosh, get out of here with the energy stuff. But in the end, it's just <laughs> it's funny that they that they did it. It's a huge play by Ferrari. I think it also indicates that they – I, from all I've heard rumor-wise is that this car for 2024 for Ferrari has tested really well, has simmed very well, and has been in the, has been in the uh, air tunnel and apparently – it's going to be a really, really competitive car. That's the only way you can get Lewis over to to change a team anyway. It's not just $80 million. He wants to win that eighth title because he has all the money in the world as it is anyway. Yeah, yeah. We're going into two seasons where I believe it's going to be uh, much more competitive because, you know, even with the Red Bull announcement or like with the Red Bull car that's rolling out, Adrian Newey this week, you know, was interviewed and said, it's like, it's a third iteration of the same car. Like we haven't done anything really all that different. And you see all the other cars coming out and they're all looking like Red Bulls, you know, same design philosophy. So everyone's converging to an optimal design. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me that everything gets a lot more competitive now and that Lewis could actually take the fight to him, you know. And I think he's just going to carry a ton of fans over to Ferrari with him. There's not going to be a lot of folks sticking around with Mercedes for the sake of Mercedes. Right. You know, I think they're more fans of Lewis than they are of Mercedes. Um, I'm like personally, I'm like the most confused F1 fan. Like, <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, you've always been I like, confusing. I like, AM- yes. <laughs> I like AMG as a brand, but I don't know how I feel about the team. And like Lewis, I'm kind of warming up to Ferrari, like tugs at my like little kid with the red sports car yeah, on his yeah, yeah. poster on the wall. But like they're just a mess to follow, and so. But now Lewis is going. So am I a Lewis Ferrari fan now? Maybe it's wow. It's, it's a confusing time. You've left the door open for three years to always be able to go, go back and say, "Oh, I've always been a Ferrari guy." You've always yeah. left a little bit of that door open to be like, "I will be convinced at any moment to turn things around." Now, in all of this, is Carlos Sainz, who is an exceptional driver, being just kind of uh, thank you so much for your service. Is that a is that does he go? Is it a, a straight across? Does he go to Mercedes? Uh, who is expected to go to Mercedes? Do we know anything about what that seat looks like after this season? Because George Russell, I feel like it would be a hard teammate. I mean, he just seems high maintenance without all the winning. Is that is that kind of inaccurate to think that that's that that's right. what he is? Yeah. I know yeah. he's I know he's a <laughs> he's talented and he's very he has goals, man. He has goals. 
But he also, like I said, high maintenance without a lot of the production so far. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who they fill there because you could either go the veteran route or the peer route or the like brand new rookie. There's rumors I've seen today about like Mercedes and talks with Vettel to have Vettel come back and fill that seat, which would be pretty wild. And then on the like rookie side, they obviously have their development drivers that they're trying to bring up through the ranks. But like Mick Schumacher has been hanging out and Toto loves Mick and Mercedes as a brand loves Mick. So I could see that as well as like, hey, uh, George is going to be the senior driver and we're going to give, you know, Mick a one or two year shot to see if, you know, we can rehabilitate him because he'd be huge for the brand. So I think on Carlos, he's just biding his time until Audi. There's a lot of ties between oh, okay, Carlos yeah. Sainz and his family sure. and Audi. And so I think that's like the presumptive place he's going to go. So the real question is, where does he race in 2025? Does he go to... Sauber, which is going to become the Audi team for a year. That's probably where he ends up and just kind of hangs out for a bit until Audi starts up. Does Va does Valtteri stay in that other seat, or is Zhou Guanyu going to be the long play for them because they obviously are trying to play for that Chinese market, but he doesn't feel like he's long for F1. Yeah, I think that Valtteri probably stays there, and yeah, Joe probably has to go find, in, find a new seat. Okay. Other seats that I should be interested in because now I look at it and I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know what to expect. Everything else, everything else is set. But what do we what do we know about this year's grid? And uh, are we going to see? I mean, Logan Sargent was uh, surprisingly re-upped, and and I think we were all pretty excited about that. But we're all kind of shocked too because he just didn't have the results last year. But obviously, they see something. I think part of it is is that he has such an exceptional teammate, which is also bad too because you lose that badly to your teammate all the time. But I do think it's a guy that is teaching him a lot about how to be an F one driver. Yeah, there are so many uh, seats coming up, uh, expiring at the end of this year. Yeah. So I'm just going to read through it. Okay. Uh, Sergio Perez, yeah, Carlos Sainz. Yeah, uh -huh. So these are all drivers that are on contract years. So Sergio, um, Carlos, Fernando Alonso, Lance, uh, Gasly, Ocon, Albon, Sargent, uh, Tsunoda, Ricardo, Botas, Joe, Hulkenberg, Magnuson. Jeez. That's everybody left. Like. <laughs> And this is the big domino, right? Lewis is the big domino, and then all this is going to shake out over, you know, the course of the – this is going to be a very long and, I think, dramatic silly season. Uh, and that is a long list of drivers that have uh, a place to find for 2025. So we also didn't get to talk about the departure of our uh, of, of our own Gunter Steiner. I mean, hey, mm. and maybe that's part of the discussion we end up having with uh, with the Christian Horner situation, but he – Obviously, when you're at Haas, you are behind the eight ball all the time. I think we've seen that. It's a hard it's a hard thing to try to be successful at that team. They just don't have the same resources. They don't have the same anything of anybody. Um, so Gunther out of the out of the sport. I must call it the sport. I must call it the <laughs> the effing uh, Hulk smash sport. But what what is the uh, what's the future of Gunther Steiner? Does he end up at a team somewhere else? Gosh, well, you know, maybe Red Bull. How that would be wild. Uh, you know, he Gunther's been around the sport for a really long time. You know, he's a great leader, but he's not like I think a very like technical mind. So he, I think he's more like a Christian Horner than uh, a Freddie Vasseur, you know, type of team leader, or more like a a, um, a Toto Wolf. And so, uh, you know, I don't think anybody thinks that Gunther was the problem at Haas for their performance issues. Um, but I could see Gene wanting to do, you know, shake up, uh, promote like their senior engineer to 
the team boss and see what happens if you have a really technical mind leading the the team. Um, and I think Gunther comes back to the sport. I think he'll, he'll find a seat, uh, a team to lead here soon, because I just think he's, you know, you know what you're going to get with him. Um, and uh, if, if it fits your kind of the culture of what your team needs, which is just like a, a clear leader who's going to push you hard, then I think you get that with Gunther. Uh, so uh, I don't expect him to be out of the sport longer than a season. But who's, whose seat he takes, I don't know. Uh, okay. Boy, I can't wait for all those. I mean, we just don't know who's going to be sitting where. But a lot of it's not – I mean, a lot of it is uh, all the seats are pretty much – I mean, all, this, all the seats are figured out right now for this year. Uh, winter testing, of course, underway, all that stuff. You get the Madrid Grand Prix that is now going to be the Spanish Grand Prix, I guess, for the foreseeable future. I was looking at the contract the other day. I think that they signed up till 2034 to be – the yeah, uh, host 10 of years, yeah. so now we've looked so now we're looking at a i mean i i mean i just thought with barcelona was one of those places that they just would never touch because it just has such a long history there but according to everybody else they're like yeah it's not a great racetrack and but i but also replacing it with a street circuit is also a very weird move because you know people don't really love the setup that they're having uh in madrid so far either but you, what your thoughts on the future of the of the spain grand prix yeah, Madrid is not going to be an exciting street track, but like we were thinking about that uh, about Vegas too, and then it turned into an amazing race. Sure. The the thing with Barcelona is that um, it that's where everyone has logged the most test hours, driving hours. It's it hasn't historically been a very exciting race. I think we had a pretty good one this last year, but uh, it, historically it's not super exciting because the just teams know exactly what they're going to get there, uh, and so I don't think we're giving up much in terms of heritage or uh competition so i'm not too spun up about it i think okay throwing a, a street circuit you might actually get more passing than you get at barcelona at the at the big circuit but like the drivers won't like it because they like driving the like you know purpose-built courses sure. yeah uh but you know i think after the success of vegas uh it doesn't surprise me that they want to find another street circuit i just hope we don't go you know like uh formula e and everything's a street circuit <laughs> uh Vegas, by the way, the longest American contract that's uh, on the board. They're there at least until 2032. So that's what they have signed up for. And if you've been to Vegas since, I actually went uh, down for uh, work for something else after, you know, it was actually not that, it was uh, just a couple weeks ago. And the teardown is not even totally, you can still see some of the stuff going mm -hmm. on. There was a big piece of property that they own. And so a lot of the stuff that they had to get out of the way for the streets, obviously that came down pretty quick, but they still have remnants of everything up. And then that pit building obviously is not coming down. <laughs> the pit building is permanent, yeah. permanent. It's beautiful. And it is like, I actually, I looked at it and went, holy cow, they had a race right here. And the pit building is massive and huge. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the complex is pretty big. But I remember just thinking, oh my goodness, we were standing right there. And that's where the race was happening. There's just no freaking way we can't go this year, Dan, to the uh, to the Vegas Grand Prix. So just uh, mm -hmm. clear the decks, clear the Count decks for in. your. Uh, I don't know. It's a November race again this year, isn't it? It was just. It was so cold. Yeah. We were just. I think it's even later. I think. For, I think it's it's like the second to last race or something. And so, I I thought that it was going to be like December, early right? December. Yeah, I think so too. That kind of rings a bell. Uh, okay. It's crazy to be even colder. I'm trying to figure out if we're going to make sure we get it, get to everything here. So the Christian Horner news, the news came out of course, and it was a Dutch newspaper, which also, uh, my favorite part about all this is like reading also how, how, uh, soured the relationship is between Jos Verstappen and Christian Horner. And everyone's saying, well, 
the loyalty that that Verstappen has with this team is Helmet Marco. Uh, and obviously, if Christian Horner and his dad are fighting, he's going to side with his dad. He's like, he has all that loyalty. So on top of all of this, on top of the allegations and things like that, because the the newspaper comes out and says there was an inappropriate relationship, apparently, that a, a former staffer uh, came to uh and 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 basically said hey here's what was happening no real details have been given out except for and i haven't even seen frankly i know some people are guessing you know on some of the stuff but i I haven't seen any actual rumors about what some of that could have been but i think it's obviously of like the sexual harassment nature anytime it's an inappropriate relationship you kind of do put two and two together but nothing concrete has come out friday uh, i guess as we do this and this uh, show comes out on a thursday tomorrow we will be uh, you know, kind of finding out here, we will know if Christian Horner is the boss of Red Bull at this time tomorrow, probably because everything's going to be moving pretty quickly. Part of the deal is is that Red Bull's like, we're going to do this quick. We're going to bring an outside barrister in, a special barrister in, to actually do all this because we we have to get this over with before we do our car unveiling next week and before the season starts. Certainly, because the last thing you want is this kind of crap, uh, you know, hovering over the team and them not having taken care of it. If they do have to change bosses, they got to do it lickety-split. And by the way, if they do change bosses, this is one of the best F1 bosses that's ever been, and obviously you lose a massive piece of what your success has been in that puzzle. But in the end, they still have Max Verstappen, and if it comes down to it, they will. Apparently he's been asked to resign, and he said no. I guess he said, or, or the reports were that if he was asked to resign quietly, the answer was going to be no. And he denies everything, and so we're going to find out on Friday what whatever they find out from their investigation. Uh, but a massive shakeup in the world of F one. Yeah, this is this is uh, can't be understated how big of a deal this is. And like you said, we only have allegations and inferences and rumors, right? So not really going to we can't really comment on that. But I'm totally with you. They have to make a decision by the end of the day tomorrow because they cannot go into even you know the early season stuff with this still hanging in the sure. air and so uh you know i it seems like red bull corporate is taking this extremely seriously like you said and hiring all the the kind of outside um you know judgment on it and you know my take or i guess my viewpoint has been one of having been inside of racing um it is the most machismo of possibly like machismo environments, right? To be in, like, and it's I think behind, that, still that behind, like a couple, sports. kind of, kind of behind a couple yeah. decades on how things should be done or what. Yeah, yeah, and you could, you could say it for like every sport is male dominated, but like, man, racing is in a you know league of its own, right? And well, so some of them have had, I, you know, I, I, we follow this right here locally. I mean, uh, in the United States, I mean, this is this is what my job is, and a lot of these sports have had this moment already multiple times. And so they've had to confront it and say, look, we just, there's no way we can, we can't do this anymore. Like this can't be the image of what the sport is. If we're going to have any legitimate possibility of putting our sport on over the air uh, for people to watch and do it with a little bit of dignity, then we have to figure our stuff out. And yeah, it's not the eighties anymore, but you're right. The F1 attitude sort of feels like that still. Yeah, no, you hit the nail on the head. This is the line in the sand moment for the sport. And it's obviously not like up to Formula One management what to do here. It's up to Red Bull, but it does seem like Red Bull is leading out on it and taking it very seriously, which I'm glad they are, right? I think, you know, we all are. And, you know, what what should be hap- what should happen should happen. And uh, the consequences will be what they are. And 
you know, I, uh, you know, I hope, of course, I hope that like, uh, you know, the, that this stuff didn't really happen, like is being rumored and that, you know, Christian can stay in the sport and everything, you know, he built that team, but if, if he leaves, I think the other can domino to fall would be what happens with Adrian Newey. Cause there's rumor that their contracts are tied together and that if one leaves or is dismissed, the other one has the option out of their contract huh. as well. So you could have this like Jeremy Clarkson type of situation where if one goes the other, you know, the trio go right. And you know, if, if, if Christian goes, then if Adrian leaves, then you, that's really putting them in a tight spot. And so you wonder about all the, what's going on inside the mind of Red Bull of, you know, what, what are you risking by, by doing this? Hey, but it, I do, it I'll does take, seem like Red Bull's putting the, the ethics above all else, which is I'll good. take, uh, I'll take Adrian Newey's uh, aerodynamic uh, genius at the new Andretti Cadillac team. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or like you're Freddie Vasseur calling him up and saying, "Hey, come over to Ferrari. We got Lewis Hamilton and Charles Leclerc. Like, come win a championship at you know at Ferrari." It's a, when you say it out loud like that, it's hard to believe. It's it's hard to imagine like a better driver pairing, right? I mean, Ferrari has every <laughs> Ferrari has you know is the world champion of of uh, giving up hope very early in the season, but like <laughs> honestly, the, those two drivers and. Yeah, you're They'll right. They'll be the best Man, on the grid, the, the best pairing on the grid for sure. Those two. Yeah, that's it's wild. Uh, okay, so we'll find out more about that tomorrow, and we'll figure that out. What else do we know? I mean, I'm trying to figure out other things that we haven't rolled out yet. If we, it, it, because we've talked about a bunch of things already, I can't remember if we missed something just because we just brought up the uh, the Christian Horner situation. My 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 one favorite piece of nerdy news is that the drs rules changing oh, um oh, how can so how can i forget be, of course <laughs> your favorite thing it used to be that they the stewards didn't turn drs on until two laps after a race start or um and now it's going to be one lap so a lap sooner you'll get drs so i think that'll that'll oh, make cool. for closer racing so, in that first uh, that way like max can't like walk away with a one second lead Right, built up over two laps. He's got to do the one second lead in one lap, which is a lot right. harder to do. Or he's second on the grid, and he's suddenly passing you after lap one, and that's the end of the race right yeah. there. So, <laughs> so there's that too. Uh, okay. Yeah. Out of all the cars so far that we've seen, uh, we've seen Haas, we've seen Williams, we've seen the fluorescent green and black uh, stake F1 car, which now we just found out that where they are headquartered in Switzerland – uh, Stake is not even a registered uh, gambling house, which is what their you know their their reputation is. I mean, that's what their business is. So that's technically an illegal name to put on the car. So they're gonna have to be uh, at least at, at least anywhere inside of Switzerland. They can't they can't have it. There are only a handful of I think of races where they can actually have the Stake name on the side of the car, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, they have to call it the Sauber uh, F1 team. I think again, uh, the Stake team lasted i think all of three weeks so there you go the alpine car looking <laughs> sharp with the black and the pink of course uh not really any changes to the mclaren car if i'm not mistaken but uh yeah i actually i actually the team that you have high hopes for that you have no reason to have high hopes for dan is who uh competition wise yeah just somebody uh, like i've got i've got in yeah. my head williams i have no idea why like it just seems like that they've yeah. been trending in the right direction. Um, I'm not saying that they're going to be, you know, a top four contender at all. What I'm saying is, is that now I think that they do. I mean, 
it's crazy, but Alex Albon is a massively important piece to that to that team, and and uh, I don't know how Logan Sargent's going to do, but I, for some reason I feel like the car has turned some mm-hmm. corners, and they've apparently got some stuff in development. Uh, I guess their rear axle okay, again. You could probably go and start geeking out on this, but people are very interested in what that Williams rear axle uh, is doing, and so I, I'm interested to see what they do. But that's a team that in my head I'm going. All right, I'm going to give them more. They'd probably be on my list of teams that could perform this year when they've been so far down on the grid in the years past. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that one. And then the one I would add is the Visa Cash App Red Bull <laughs> Racing Team or whatever the name is. But like, uh, yeah, for Russell AlphaTauri, Alpha right? <laughs> yeah. Let's just go with AlphaTauri um, because. You know, they're this offseason, they moved their kind of a, a, a big part of their operation to be just kind of there with in Milton Keys or, or the right there by next to Red Bull. But they're kind of hitting copy paste on the Red Bull car and design this year, which they should have been doing all along sure. as much as they can. And I think that Yuki is on some uh, kind of a bit of momentum from last season. Daniel, I think, is, you know, going to be amped and ready to go with a fresh, clean season. So I think those guys and Williams could be fighting for that midfield like fifth place. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe Alpine gets caught off guard or, um, you know, some of these other midfield teams could find themselves back towards the bottom. So I like those two teams as sleepers. I've got a uh, early, and we can do this again, you know, when we start getting closer to the season, but I've got an early prediction on a surprise driver who's going to be better than his teammate. Mm -hmm. Oscar Piastri, better than Lando Norris. That's my prediction this year. Uh, He's going, to, he's going to out-qualify him most of the time, uh, and I think he's going to get the results. And is he – now, Now hold on a minute. Lando still hasn't won a, a Grand Prix yet, right? He's been second place a couple he, no. times. I Wait, right. and then did Oscar win – no, Oscar won the a sprint He won race, a sprint. Right. I think you're going to see him win a an actual Grand Prix before Lando does, unfortunately for yeah. Lando. Unfortunately for Zach Brown's cool. baby, Lando. <laughs> uh, you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna be excited by that one. Other than that, the, the that's freaking, a good one. Yeah, the year is up. The year is up for grabs right now. I have no idea what to expect from the Haas car. I feel like it's just gonna be, you know. I guess it all depends on whether or not they can hook up that Ferrari power and really dial it in. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I don't know. When you've got your new team, when you've got your new team boss at the car launch saying we're we're probably still gonna be last. <laughs> you know that's. That's probably the indication that, yeah, they are going to be last. Like, I just can't believe that that guy, he needs maybe some PR coaching because, like, at the big launch event, mm-hmm. he's already just setting uh, expectations. Honorable mention, trashiest millionaire on the grid, Valtteri Bottas, with the bleach blonde mullet to go with the fluorescent green uh, <laughs> fire suit. I was like, this guy finds ways. It. This guy finds ways. He's like, I don't care. I Look, I know Kimmy was the Iceman. But I'm telling you, Valtteri does not care about anything. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, I don't he, care. He, he's filling those shoes. Uh, yeah, I love the mustache. I love the the new paint scheme. You know, the green, I think, looks great. And, you know, the green car and then uh, him with the mustache, he looks like the uh, like Chick Hicks from uh, right. the cars, yes. uh, you know, the green car on cars. Yeah, the old Michael Keaton. But I, I will say, too, that, you know, people are dogging the, the color scheme. But I was like, look. They took a they took a red and black livery off of the grid. That's what, that's the last thing we needed was another team that mm-hmm. had primary colors black, secondary colors kind of a reddish red, 
You know, like we we have too many of those teams on the grid that look the exact same going around. I just want differentiation. That's why I like the the Alpine mm-hmm. the Alpine car that just drives around. You can see those pink uh, the, the McLaren, of course, with the with the uh, whatever they call that the mango burnt mango. What do they call it? I don't know. What oh, papaya. Oh, papaya. I knew it was a, I knew it was a tropical fruit yeah. of some sort. But yeah, I mean, in the <laughs> end, we're gonna get the uh, cars revealed by the other uh, big teams, of course. Uh, throughout the weekend and then uh, into next week. But what what's our actual timing on uh, the first race of the season? When does Drive to Survive drop? I haven't even followed that because I just get so used to you watch Drive to Survive and then I think the week after or maybe the that same exact weekend it drops, uh, the first race is going. Yeah. Yeah, February 23rd. So we're a couple weeks out from uh, the first episode dropping. So that's coming up and then uh the formula one season i want to say uh i think it's right it up here first just... race round one and secure is uh or no in bahrain is the 29th of february through the second of yeah, march see? so look at that first sunday in march yep. so you get that you get that full week of uh downloading week all the uh what's crazy is, is they're going it you know the 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 Netflix guys are going. Gosh dang it! We had everything in the can. We're ready to go, and then the craziest news happens. So they're going to try to. I'm sure they're going to try to jam some things into those final episodes. But uh, yeah, so there you go. You've got, uh, yeah, the 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 testing insecure is going to be that 21st to 23rd, and then the first race of the season at Bahrain is going to be the 29th uh, through the 2nd of March. So there you go. My goodness, we are right on top of it, Dan. We're listening to. Uh, I mean, a month from now, we'll already be one race into the season and waiting on the second one. So a month from now, it'll be going into the second race. So that's that's where we're at on all this. Yeah, we're right around the corner. Taylor Swift's going to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> we're going to take a week off, and then it's going to be F1, baby. Uh, there you go. Dan Jimenez, Alex Keery, we'll be back again. I guess we got to start doing this uh, all the time now, Dan. It's our commitment to the people. So uh, for Dan Jimenez, I'm Alex Curie. We'll be back again. Season three starts now and the rest of your silly season also starting right now. So for Dan and Alex, we'll see you next time, everybody.